Greetings, everyone. You're listening to Niner National, the show where we discuss all manners of international topics and cultural diffusion. I'm your host, Wyatt Smith. Thanks for tuning in. Now, let's get cracking. Hello, everyone. My name is Wyatt Smith, and I run this podcast, Niner National, where I interview international students about interesting international cultural topics and facilitate cultural exchange. I'm here with Megan von Skalkwijk and Joseph Yu, and we are here to discuss, well, whatever they'd like to discuss. I'm not the interesting one here. Megan, why don't you introduce yourself? So, hi, I'm Megan, and... Um <laughs> First time nerves, I <laughs> yeah, get it, yeah, man. Yeah. I get um, it, take your time. Okay, so basically why I'm here, um, let's just jump back to uh, my home university back in South Africa. I go to Stellenbosch University and um, decided to do international business. Cool. Didn't know what I wanted to do specifically in business, just knew something in business. And basically that field, like or studying international business, opened up all these doors um, to like experience all the different business fields. Um, yeah, and basically through that decided to like focus on innovation and strategy. And um, part of the degree was having to do an exchange program, which is why I'm here at UNC Charlotte. And basically why I decided to come to UNC um, Charlotte was that um, so many factors came into consideration. Uh, I really just wanted to go to an English speaking country at first. Um, and then, um, you know, Australia climate is way too similar to South Africa, the <laughs> UK, I have family there. So I just wanted to, you know, do it on my own basically. Um, and really wanted that American college experience, you yeah, know, going yeah, to yeah. football the, uh, games. Um, the, yeah, the, the douchey guys in the sweater that bully you and yeah, like, they throw a football much. and it hits yeah, you in the face, exactly, you know, frat exactly. boys, that kind of thing. Nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, I think that was like one of the main reasons, really just wanting that American college experience. And after just looking at my options, um, this just turned out to be the best option for me um, in the US. And yeah, I, I really liked the student involvement on campus. I really liked that, you know, there was there's the life rail system to mm. get around quite easy. I mean, we obviously don't have cars here. So yeah, um, yeah, that's me. Makes sense. So can you tell me a little bit about your home university? Like, where is that? Like, what city in South Africa? Give me an idea of where that is. So it's basically near Cape Town. I'd say about like a 30, 40 minute drive from like the city center of Cape Town. Um, And it's like the southwest um, coast, basically. Um, Yeah, I hope that explains. yeah, like geographically, um, but like what is getting into college in South Africa yeah. look like? Because I know here oh in yeah. the United States, we have to like, we go through an application process, we take tests like ACT, SAT, mm-hmm. um, and then you have to pay a pretty substantial yeah. sum of money. Um, so it's completely different. Um, it's much cheaper to start yeah. off with. Um, we don't have to do a bunch of um, like tests as well to get into university. Um, there's only the UCT, I think. Um, no, there's the, I can't remember the name of it now, but we, we did it back in um, matric and they basically look at those marks as well as your grade 11 marks. Um, and yeah, I think to get into university, you don't, many people actually don't apply to multiple universities. Um, I think like two or three is the, the number of uni- unis that most people apply for. Um, for me, my situation, I actually just applied for Stellenbosch and was quite lucky to get into international business. Um, there was really nothing else I wanted to study. Um, yeah, so firstly, I think it's definitely much cheaper getting into uni in South Africa. Um, right. And also just uh, while being at uni, the, the residence fees, the tuition fees, much cheaper, which is awesome. Um, and then, yeah, 
I think it's also not as complicated in terms of the actual application process of, I guess this is probably my take from movies, but you know, not having to really write an essay on why you should be accepted, right. not really having to have this amazing background of like community service or playing an instrument right. or to yeah, have to have founded the chess club. Yeah, and like, oh, this kind yeah, of stuff. it's basic. Yeah. It's really academic focused. Right, yeah. right, makes sense. Um, and so, what what about you, Joe? So tell tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you how did you wind up at UNC Charlotte? All places. Well, first of all, I did my little research on Charlotte itself. Um, culturally, it's um, super different from other states, in my opinion. And I really like the diversity and the climate. It reminds me of home. Yeah. So um, that's why I was like, UNC is such a well reputable um university that i just decided to come here and also it was significantly cheaper compared to your chapel hill oh chapel duke. hill duke duke uh, is crazy expensive man it's like 50k a year without labor or something like that sure. yeah it's a lot so yeah that, that that's the reason for my choice but then like also because i had a mates that came to charlotte um one in lee's mccree and another in um University in North Carolina in Greensboro, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, UNC Greensboro. Yeah. yeah, so I was really keen just to kind of have some familiarity and come in. Gotcha. So what, what's your major, Joe? Um, I'm management information systems. Management information systems. So what, what draws you to that? What kind of draws you to that? What drew you to UNC Charlotte like for that major specifically? It's interesting because they offered it more. Well, they, they actually had the availability of the... Um, major that I wanted to do because it was so different. Right, um, right, right. It's also relatively new and it's like I could capture that like new major and it's like business were willing to pay more, I guess. <laughs> right. Money driven. Money driven. See, that's a big thing that I notice about a lot of <coughs> international countries is um, purchasing power parity is a yeah. huge driver when it comes to that. So like I know people um, – you know, like if you go anywhere else in the world, it's funny. It's like the Big Mac index, right? Like how much does a Big Mac cost wherever <laughs> you go? Um, it, that's a funny way to measure purchasing power parity, but it's it's a strangely accurate one because, yeah. you know, the dollar is has a different power in different places. It's why so many people go on vacations to like um, different areas. Like you'll, you'll see people go on vacation, like the Dominican places where the dollar is, is a lot stronger. And so is that kind of the same in, in South Africa where the dollar is stronger than the local currency. Um, Cause I know like in Brazil, for instance, purchasing power parity, um, like the dollar is about three times stronger there than it is in the United States, if I'm not mistaken. So how does that kind of function in South Africa? And does that affect your choice to study in the United States and particularly seek work in the United States? And this question's open to anybody. Yeah, so I guess just to start off, um, definitely the, the purchasing power of the dollar is much greater than the rand. Um, I think just using a Big Mac um, as or the price of a Big Mac as an example is it's about 50 rand in South Africa. 50, 60. Yeah, which is about like $3, um, between $3, $4. I don't know what it is in the <coughs> US. Um, to be honest, me neither. Okay. <laughs> I think so it's like four, last time I bought it was like four or $5 for like a meal. Okay, yeah. so it's a little bit more expensive um, in that sense. But I, if I think about, um, like, I, I guess just an average meal, let's say it's about like $12, $13 if you were to go out to a right. restaurant. Um, right. 
I'm trying to do the math in my head now, but that's like around 200 <coughs> rand, um, mm. whereas you pay between like 100 and 150 rand for a meal in South Africa. Right. So in that sense, like it would, it long, long term choices to work or uh, the long term decision to work in, you know, the US and, um, be able to have the the strength of the dollar on your side for you know future mm. travel endeavors like that would definitely be awesome because uh, yeah I think something I've thought about is if I was from the US like it would be such an awesome opportunity to you know travel to South Africa or like all these other different countries right. because the cost of living would be much cheaper so you'd be able to do more um, with the dollar than you would with the rand yeah. Right, and that makes sense. Um, purchasing power parities is a huge thing when it comes to travel. It's also a huge thing when it comes to business. I mean, it's a lot of reason that uh, manufacturing gets outsourced to, to the from the United States to other places, although a lot of that is starting to get reversed. Manufacturing jobs are returning to the United States in some, in some sectors. Um, but yeah, purchasing power parity is huge. Do either of you plan on working or living in the United States, or do you know? Do you have a plan there? Um. Like, in my opinion, I would definitely... I've basically paid for migration. Right. In a sense, because of the amount of fees for um, UNC for other states. Um, right. Like, yeah. It's um, yeah, it is. It's a, in comparison to um, studying back in South Africa, it's what... Um, I think it's like 15, or is it more than that? Like dollars? Um, Rand. Rand. For, for what? Like per year? Um. 15,000, 15, 1,500. So, oh, okay, wait. So I, like, if I think about my overall tuition and residence costs and, you know, at varsity, it, it's about, I'd say, like, between or around 130, 140,000 rand. Um, and I've done the math, and that's, um, I think, just under about $8,000 per year. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot cheaper than here, especially yeah. with yeah. out-of-state tuition. Uh, being a factor, you know, if you're paying out of state, you're gonna be you're gonna be bleeding a bit for um. Yeah, for so that's cash. something that I thought was quite interesting. The out of state tuition mm. um is a bit more ex so if you're from out of state, right. it's a bit more expensive to like go to a different significantly state. Yeah. more expensive, mm. up to two times even. Sure. Um, like I've met guys who pay so like the average for in state tuition to go to UNC Charlotte is about twenty thousand dollars a year. I've met guys from out of state, uh, and not far out of state who pay um. You know, upwards of even forty thousand dollars a year to go to UNC Charlotte, which is no small sum of money to be sure. Um, but I mean, just speaking about like our high school experiences, um, taking it to a bit of a, a lighter level, note, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I had a very good high school experience. Um, I've always been, you know, someone to really want to get involved um, in whatever you know um, setting that I'm in and yeah so I played a couple sports I you know did netball basketball softball um, yeah really enjoyed athletics as well uh, yeah and um, I think to some extent one of the reasons why I chose Stellenbosch was because of the level as I said of student involvement um, uh, that's something I really uh, look for when you know mm. choosing uh, a school that I want to go to so um, yeah, as I said, my high school, it was Fairmont High School and um, yeah, they catered for like, you know, those who were into sports, those who were into culture. Um, I think there were so many different societies as well that happened like after school. So you could do so much. Um, and then, yeah, uh, Stellenbosch as well, a lot of student involvement. Um, and yeah, I think I had a really good high school experience. Um, I really enjoyed it, made awesome friends. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um what about you, Joe? Like, what does high school experience look like for you? 
it's very similar, I reckon, to uh, what Megan's experienced because um, my high school was really, really um, accommodating for any type of like different cultures or experiences and sports is another factor that they're trying to push in the recent years. Um, I don't know if our school is known f- exactly for sports, but academically they um quite a strong school and I wasn't lucky enough to kind of go in um, to the school because it was a very competitive like environment. Um, everyone was trying to push for the top universities, which is your Stellenbosch, your UCT and Tux. Um, right. But I just decided to choose a different path, I guess. It's it's nicer. Well, I mean, road less traveled, right? You know, you're going to find a lot of, it, it may be difficult. You may have to kind of forge your own path. But, you know, something that I really admire about, you know, anybody that, that sits at this table, you know, does this podcast with me is you're all here for a reason. You know, you're here because you are pursuing something for the most part. You know, you don't usually wind up um, overseas because you don't know what you want to do. And if you do wind up overseas because you don't know what you want to do, well, you know, goddamn, you're looking for it, right? Like you're figuring it out. Um, and that's something that I, that I think is, is very admirable about people who kind of, um, go down the, the road less traveled. And I think something very important for me is kind of finding, finding what that road is, finding what that, what that looks like, you know, the road less traveled, doing difficult things, doing things that, um, you know, maybe you receive criticism for doing things that maybe you, um, you know, go against the grain, things that people tell you, you know, that won't really succeed, that won't fly, you know, well, well, watch me, (laughs) you know, part of life is, is kind of forging those stories and making those experiences. Uh, And I think that doing something like a a cultural exchange or even making your home, like in Joe, your case, making your home university, um, a university that's overseas. I mean, it's daring. It's, it's very, um, very challenging, challenging. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I would kind of just pitch the question, like when it comes to, you know, creating these challenges for yourself and anybody can answer this question, like what's your approach to that? Like making those challenges for yourself. Um, you know, going down the, the road less traveled because, you know, obviously something I'm kind of picking up about both of you is that um, that seems to be something that's that's valued. It's come up a couple times in, in conversation. Um, you know, what kind of drives you down that path? I think everyone decides to, you know, be different or to stand out. And um, for me, what that looks like is, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone. Um, and it's a very cliche saying, but you know, <laughs> you can only grow when you're out of your comfort zone. 100%. Um, so even though this was something I had to do as part of, you know, uh, getting my, or achieving my undergrad in international business, um, it's, it's, I think something I maybe would have pursued regardless of what I studied, uh, um, this being the exchange. Um, <coughs> and I think, yeah, there's a lot of growing up that, you know, takes place in doing this i mean i opened up a bank account for myself for the first time last week so congratulations um but yeah i think that um the this desire to you know take the road less traveled is um i think it's also just supported by the idea of how global the world is today Mm. um and i think maybe just having access to um media where we can see all these possibilities um it creates this desire to, well, within me, it creates this desire to want to know more of what is out there. Um, Yeah. No, I completely agree with that because, like, a thought that I was brought up on um, when I was younger is travel more 
and it does way more it does wonders in comparison to just book knowledge because as you travel um you learn cultures you experience them and you overcome difficulties that are more practical in life instead of um solving stuff on book and notes and all that stuff um just like coming to the u.s has like matured me in a way that's um has never like matured myself before because like um if i had to think about like challenges like banking housing um all of the nitty-gritty life stuff um i had to kind of learn to solve myself and sometimes i make a mistake and um i'm just gonna have to learn to overcome instead of withdrawing myself just put myself out there and try and like overcome whatever challenge is ahead of me yeah, so can I add to that quickly go as ahead, well? Yeah. I think um, also just outside of the context of, um, you know, just growing and developing as an individual, I think it's also just fun taking the road less traveled. Mm. Um, sometimes, <coughs> I guess maybe this is just my personality, but sometimes it's just fun not knowing what to expect, you know, um, and just taking things as it comes, just being spontaneous. Um, there's There's a lot of stories that can come out of that um and you know we want to live that no regrets life so amen <laughs> amen you know something something that i think is really interesting about what joe mentioned is um you know you're you're here you're in this new experience you know you're you're adjusting to different things um and uh part of part of any learning process is naturally going to be failure and i absolutely love failure and let me explain why um, I love success more than I love failure, right? Like I want to win. I always want to win. But but failure, um, you can learn a lot from failure. Uh, you can learn a ton from failure. Uh, and so I'm just going to put this kind of awkward question out on the table. What's a time that you've colossally failed? Like when have you fucked up? Like, and you can take your time in answering this. Um, wow. But I love stories like this. Failing. Oh, damn. I'll think of I'll think of one for myself. Yeah. Well, recently one of my biggest failures was getting almost in a sense booted out of my apartment because oh, really? I paid my first month of rent <laughs> expecting to move in with all my stuff standing awkwardly by the door. They told me I was on the wait list. I was very I don't know. It was disappointment. It was anger. It was frustration. I sat there and I was just like. So now what? That whole day I had a, basically, or that afternoon I had like that mental breakdown. Now I'm going to have to run around to every single housing nearby oh off campus God. and ask them at the reception, hoping to get a response. Um, and eventually I did get a response, but that just taught me that, well, first of all, you got to make your preparations early and also got to constantly check up with, well, the scoundrels. Yeah, the <laughs> scoundrels. <laughs> So hold on. So you were you you were moving into your park. So first off, um, Charlotte had a huge housing crisis this yeah. year. Like two thousand people or something like that were supposed to get housing and didn't receive it. So they've got people living in hotels. Are you in a hotel right now, Joe? I was in a hotel for a week. So so you've moved into like proper housing now. Yeah, mm, very debatable because oh, proper housing. <laughs> <laughs> um, the term is I was supposed to uh, like my room's not yet ready. Oh, okay. I um, got you. But they did accommodate me to a better room. I'm not complaining. Wait, so the room was still like being built? Yeah, renovating. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, okay. So you had your stuff outside the door and ready to move in, and then they told you you were on the waiting list after that and after you had paid? Yep. 
Oh my Wild. God. So my, my girlfriend had a similar experience where she, um, yeah, so I actually, I actually met Joe through my girlfriend. Um, they were friends via the international exchange program, but, um, she had a similar experience where she was told that she could live in, in off campus housing, um, and had actually already paid her first month's rent. And then they told her she couldn't move in. And then she got moved to another off campus housing, which, um, the living situation there is, um, well, it's, it's not perfect let's just say that her her apartment has about one star on, on yelp oh geez yeah not not so not so super but you know failure like that is a great teacher um what about you megan what's the time that you've colossally fucked up come on let's hear it i'm, I'm trying <laughs> to think of something i have this terrible memory so i'm being like <laughs> scratching my head as joe's been speaking um but why why didn't you go so long and i'll i'll try and give it some thought <laughs> all right all right all right hmm. all right so what's a, what's the time that i've messed up so i took this class in high school right um, and I, there, it was a, it was called AP research and it was, <laughs> a, it was a class where you have to write like a research paper on research that you've done. You have to do research yourself, compile the information and write the paper. And you're supposed to write this paper for about six months. It takes about six months to write this paper, supposedly. So, you know, I'm in high school. I was doing my little science experiment. I had um, my science experiment was the effect of caffeine on plants. So I was mixing like powdered caffeine out of pills into the soil of these bamboo plants to monitor their growth. And like I had a whole lab set up and UV lights. But, um, you know, this a lot of this was taking place during um, during COVID, right? During um, that kind of thing. It was my junior year in high school, grade 11. And <laughs> I... There's this paper, six months to write, right? So be me, and the due date is in three days, and you haven't started. I have three Rough. days to write this entire, like, 40-page paper. So I have all the data, and it was about a 36-hour stretch of just... Wow. Like, I was, at one point, I was actually taking the caffeine pills that I was <laughs> using to poison my plants to get this paper written. And by the end of it, I collapsed. But I I got that thing written, but it was probably uh, some of the most miserable two days of my entire life. Yeah. Um, and that taught me a little lesson about procrastination. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it sounds like, Joe, like procrastination, procrastination is such a huge thing. Oh, sounds yeah. like, um, and, and uh, apologies if, if this is a weird quote, but did you procrastinate on getting housing any? I did. I well, actually, you know what? I I really have a bone to pick with those guys because I started that process in May. Oh my god! And I did procrastinate at the well when I arrived, um, thinking I've already got the housing. But yeah. then when I went there, I was like, oh, let me just drop by and ask them if everything's ready to move in. And then they just give me the <gasps> jaw-dropping uh, yeah. news. No, go away. <laughs> My God, that is that is brutal. Megan, have you thought of a time where you've colossally screwed up? I have. Um, I think you just mentioning procrastination has taken me back to almost every project I've ever done <laughs> yeah. and how I've just left that for the last minute. But um, I guess just two stories on procrastinating on projects. The one was probably when I was back in like grade two or grade three um, and I had a presentation um, that I had to do in class. I don't know, it was about the weather or something. And I left it for the night before. And I just remember like, 
um, like yelling at my parents because I was like, I can't remember the words to this presentation and my post is not ready. And just imagine like, a, how old are you in grade two or three? Like eight, nine years old? Yeah. yeah. Tiny, yeah. Tiny. And like, like having, like stressing out so much. The mental um, breakdown. Yeah. yeah. And then there was this time in high school as well where um, we had this massive project for our history class. And I basically had to conduct interviews with um, people from like our generation, our parents' generation, and then like our grandparents' generation and kind of compare like, um, you know, music taste and fashion and, um, you know, just, I guess, general, you know, growing up basically. And I had to transcribe these interviews and they were like 30 minutes long and I left it for like the week before it was due. And I kid you not, I literally got like two hours of sleep every night. And by oh. the time mm. or the day it was due, I just crashed. Like uh, we, we drove to my school, I dropped the project off. I came like on the car ride back home in the car, guys, I was like drooling from sleep already. <laughs> Man, one of the best feelings and simultaneously the worst feelings in the world is when you were up late at night at like 4 a.m. and you've had a, a shot of espresso an hour yeah. and you are just rushing to get that shit done yeah. and it is so stressful. Uh, man, I feel like most high school students, you know, and especially coming into college, this is a big thing because you can't procrastinate. Yeah. Like in, in university, you know, it's a different ball game, you know. But enough about that. So, like, culturally, um, and this is kind of starting a new conversation, but culturally, um, what are some ticks in the United States that, that you both find strange? Like, what do we do? What do we do that's weird? What do we do that's different? I guess one of the first things I noticed, and I guess this is maybe more of a, a South um, a thing, but <coughs> everyone drives either a truck or a long car. Yeah. And there are so many sports cars as well. And I guess that was probably one of the first things I noticed just because, you know, driving from the airport. Um, yeah. And I think like, I mean, Joe, you can probably say most people or a lot of people in um, South Africa drive. Um, like these hatchback cars, like that's a yeah. common student car. Like I drive a Hyundai gets back home. Um, and we, it was also funny just having to start to refer to trucks as trucks because we call them buckies. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because like the back of the, in Afrikaans, a bucky is a bowl. And like, you know, the opening of the back of a truck, uh, what holds, you know, yeah. the things is like, <laughs> it forms a bowl in right. a sense. So we call it buckies. Yeah. It's like, car culture in the united states is yeah. very very prominent it's like is there such a thing like in south africa so like i talk to some people like people from japan a lot of times um or places in europe are like a little bit appalled by the amount that we drive is it the same in south africa or is it more is it more of a car culture or is it more of a like trains <laughs> okay so this is also gonna like maybe be a bit of a uh legacy of apartheid um, answer but uh, I think most people drive around but there is public transporta transportation but it's mostly those who live in like townships um, that use you know the the trains or the taxis um, yeah but most people have their own cars and drive around like I wouldn't for safety reasons use public transportation right yeah. see the thing is I want to add to that I despise with my whole soul, I oppose the idea of taxis. 
because I hate they no, drive and you don't know taxis in South Africa. <laughs> oh, really? They are so oh. different. I suppose I'm about to though. Yeah. They drive on an imaginary lane. They yeah. make U-turns wherever it's convenient. They create the rules of the road. They or the rules of the road don't apply to them basically. They don't apply yeah. to them. Oh my god. Cuz our taxis are like basically minivans. Um, so they also used as like a, uh, a mode of transportation for like bigger groups of people. Um, and um, so it's not like it's, you don't like order a taxi. Um, they kind of just like drive around and have these set routes that they drive. Um, but yeah, they just they don't adhere to the rules of the road whatsoever. And everyone hates taxis so much. They just do whatever they yeah. want. Yeah. And no one can say anything about it because if you do say anything about it, they're going to whack you. They've got yeah. a mafia. Oh, basically <laughs> yeah they've got a whole gang at the back a whole like a, imagine a trade union but not a trade union they've like got a lot of power like a vi- okay so taxis have a lot of power that's unusual yeah um like a trade union but is it like a violent trade union is it kind of a criminal thing is it um and, and i'm sorry if i'm gonna get you whacked for talking about this but <laughs> <laughs> as i go yeah, back <laughs> i'm curious you've yeah. sparked my curiosity yeah so you you comment first i i I don't know. It, it, it's it's the, like the taxi union that they're so the called. Taxi union. Yeah, it's like yeah. a it's like an actual thing. And then the thing is, when they decide to protest, majority of the businesses go downhill because a lot of the minimum wage workers need them because it's a cheap yeah. way to get around and it's definitely fast because, well, you, when you can force your way through any line of traffic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's like a fire truck. They just go off road or no, yeah, people, people oh, uh, go to the side of the road out of fear of getting yeah. like uh, sleeping with the fishes over the whole taxi thing. They drive through red robots. They um, <laughs> y- like if you if, the, if you're standing in front of them at a red robot and the light like just changes to green, <laughs> like 0.1 seconds later, you'll hear a hoot from the taxis. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. You got to get out the way, basically. You got to get out of yeah. the way. Oh, that's that's so taxi driver. That's so yeah. the, the only place I can think of in the United States that maybe has anything similar is New York. There's a lot of taxi cultures in New York. Yeah. Speaking of which, have either of you ever been to New York? I have, yes. Back yeah. in 2014. Yeah. Long time ago. Yeah. Then. Almost a decade. That's Must crazy. be nice. <laughs> You've never I'm been? I really need to hit up because this is my first time in the United States. And oh, I'm like, seriously? Yeah. This is your first time in the United States and you're like living here yep <laughs> props props that takes that takes guts Adventure. Um, new york's such an interesting place new york is probably and we covered this a bit on the last podcast but new york is the only place that i have ever been where i'm hearing languages all around me and i can't even identify them like like what does he speak is that is that vietnamese no is that like you know is <laughs> that what is is it ta- no um Indi- no like uh, it's it's one of those places, and I really love that about New York because something like forty percent, and again we covered this on the last podcast, something like forty percent of the population of New York was born outside the United States, um, and I find that so interesting. Um, do you guys have like in South Africa? Is there a, a city, anything like that? Like because it's a very very diverse country. It's kind of the um, South Africa is kind of I would say South Africa and Nigeria both are kind of economic hubs of Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, like, do you have a city like that with like the the stock exchange and everything goes through that? And there's is there anything similar? Well, we have like the um um main not main what the city capital cities. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have three of those and three capital uh, yeah. cities. So it's it's um Cape Town, um Johannesburg, and Durban, right? Yeah. yeah. So or is it pr- 
It's not Pretoria. <gasps> the thing is, they keep arguing about this. Is like Pretoria should be included. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it is. It's like a little weird thing. It's either Johannesburg or Pretoria. It's like in between. Yeah. So I think um, in those cities, um, they they also like, how do I say? They each have a different reason for why they are the capital cities. So they say that the... Um, Oh, I butchered this completely, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> it's 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 Cape Town, Pretoria, and Bloemfontein, apparently, according oh. to Google. In all honesty, I've, I've never even heard of Bloemfontein. Yeah, it's in the, the free state. Um, I <laughs> hope my geography is right right state? now. Yeah, so one of our provinces is called the free state. Yeah. Explain. <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> I, I literally, I can't give an explanation. It's, it's just called it's the just free state. It's just called that, okay. Yeah. Um, so, and okay. Yeah. So basically the reason why we have these three capitals is it just relates to the different, um, uh, branches of government. So the executive, judicial and legislative, but I guess maybe answering your question, I would say in, in, okay, not the capital cities now, but in Johannesburg, Durban and Cape town, there's a lot of diversity within those cities. Um, and like in that you'll hear like a lot of, you know, different languages, a lot of different cultures, um, but I don't think there's like I think Cape Town and Johannesburg would probably be like the main financial cities. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of people want to move to one of those cities um, for work, basically. Yeah. So kind of, you know, coming from that perspective of um, coming from that perspective, of like high school life, you know, high school, this high school that, you know, in America, we have this very specific like this is what high school looks like. We have like our, our parties and our stuff like that. Like, what is, what is that like in South Africa? You guys, you guys got parties. You guys got like, like, what do you, what do you guys do? What's the teenage experience that like, you know, South African green day would sing about or whatever. Well, speaking from my personal experiences, it was uh, more like heading out to nightclubs. Um, nightclubs. Yep. Nightclubs. How old and are you? Uh, at the time, <laughs> I was 16, which is uh, two all years right. under age. Okay. Um, all right, all right. No judgment here. Bribery, Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> you're, but just, you're just greasing the wheels. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, party there is so different from the U.S. in terms of not just song choices and also the amount of people, like, the different type of people you surround yourself with. Um, in terms of, like, it's just a lot of dance, don like, dancing and, like, Sweaty groups. It's 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 it's, it's a bunch of sweaty people like yeah. yep mashing themselves together that kind mm-hmm. of thing and, yeah. drinks, yeah, spilling yeah, yeah, and drinks spilling everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I find that so funny because in, in the United States, a lot of times like our parties are just a bunch of people like drinking around a campfire. Yeah. So um, we had the situation last week where some of the the girls I know wanted to go out like clubbing, you know, mm-hmm. um, and they these they were German. And I think we like South Africans and Germans party in a similar way from yeah. what I've gathered. Um, and someone recommended this um, club to them. And it was, I think it's called Pins. Um, it's in South End or something, but it ended up just being like... Um, a a bowling alley and a bunch of other games and but i mean there were drinks and stuff but it wasn't like like a club to you guys is not um um what a club is to us or out of you know from that circumstance that's what i've gathered right 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 that's (laughs) that's funny like party culture in the united states is very different like i went to i went to europe one time so first off i will ask like what kind of music do you guys 
I think like, like throwbacks to. are like a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you if you go to a club or like you party with your friends or whatever, it's throwbacks are like a big thing. Um, where I think rap music is very popular in the US, and yeah. um, I mean, if I think about what was it, the block party and bust down from Gold oh Rush, oh my god, like, from Gold Rush, yeah, like oh, that's um, that's, that's a party probably right there. that's I don't know if that's a good indication of you know um, the type of music you guys listen to, but or even the football uh. game last last Friday was a Friday, yeah, yeah on Friday. Um, the, that type of music, it's not really, you know, what we would play when we get together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I like, we'd be listening to, you know, Sean Kingston or, um, oh, right. like, you're oh, wait, I can't know. I'm not going <laughs> to sing in the podcast. But, um, no, come on. Yeah. I'm sure you're a lovely singer. Like, give, give the podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, Mamma yeah, Mia good. came back last year as well. Like, that's a big thing you. as I well. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I think rap is big, but it's not like what you listen to when you party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's more of a like just you know sitting down on the couch and like yeah that kind of thing. I well, got you. I feel you. Like what I've like had experiences is more techno. Clubs techno. are techno, but it's like a mixture of techno is. with throwbacks. Yeah. Like you know when when the DJ mixes, yeah, mm-hmm. the remixes mm-hmm. are. Your yeah. some of them do hit the spot. I'll tell you that much. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Joe, we call we we don't say like partying in um in South Africa. Like if you go out, you're going out to jaw. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like you're gonna have a jaw of a time. Like a, a, a jaw. A jaw. Yeah. Cool. And then like I think your version of a party, we call it a care. Um, yeah, so it's just like chiller. Yeah, like is, is that what you're saying, Joburg? Yeah, like yeah. a chiller, like relaxed. And yeah. So care is the Afrikaans word for like a visit. But yeah. yeah, but it's like it implies like you're gonna sit, you're gonna drink, and just chill. That yeah, sort of you, thing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it that's how it ends up a lot of times here. Yeah, I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, what are, what's up? So like, I'll just kind of throw out an open ended question now. So like, what's on your mind? Like, what are you what are you thinking about? Like, what what is um like what's running through your brain right now? Anything you want to like get out? Any pressing issue? Light hearted, heavy hearted? Um, just the floor is yours. Yeah, I think that, I mean, just a comment on my experience in America. Um, it's been so interesting. I've been telling Joe, sometimes I forget that I'm in the U.S. because um, I've adapted to, like, hearing the accent. Um, and sometimes I feel like, oh, uh, like, I think also just growing up on American TV, you're exposed to the, you know, American accent a lot. And, I mean, I know the accent is quite diverse across the country, but in general, um it's it's so interesting, you know, being here and sometimes feeling like, or being so used to the accent already, um, and sometimes just feeling like I'm watching, you know, TV instead of living my actual right. life. Yeah, and then when I like bump into Joe, it's like he reminds me I'm the foreigner in the country, you know, because um, yeah, it's like yeah, I yeah. forget that I'm the one with the accent. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely gotta keep proud, you know. Yeah. Can't lose that South African accent. Like, yeah. I mean, I grew up on that, and I, I'm proud of that. And accent's unique, and it's like, it's home, I guess. Don't lose it. Don't lose it, man. I love yeah. it. Sounds sounds so cool. Um, <sighs> I, I can't imitate it, but 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 it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, what about you, Joe? Like, what's on your mind, man? I right now just getting through a life. It's just more like practical issues and um. Housing. Housing. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll just ignore that the part. The road less traveled. 
<laughs> true, true. The road less traveled. But I just want to go experience because I'm a experience adventure guy. I always I will push every boundary, not not in like a bad way, but like my own boundary, my own comfort zone all the time. Amen. Yeah, like I just feel like that's the best thing you could do to yourself. That you is the yourself. best thing you can do to yourself. Like truly, I you know going and seeking ex- experience. You know, like that's one of the reasons that I think um, you know a lot of people, people, different people get rich for different reasons, right? But I feel like if I were to get rich, it would be to seek as rich. much experience <laughs> as possible, right? Emotionally <laughs> yeah. rich, right? Seek as much experience as possible, and man, that is that is so important. Um, and to that end. Um, you know, y- you want all the tools under your belt, you know? Yeah. Jack of all trades. Jack of all trades. Yeah. Master of none, still better than a master, master of, of one. one. Right. Oh, that's full idiom, hitting us <laughs> with the full idiom. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Had a blast talking with all of y'all. Um, good stuff. Learned a lot. And, uh, yeah, this has been Niner National. I'm Wyatt Smith, your host. Adios. I'm I'm Megan van Skalkvik, the guest. <laughs> I'm Joseph Yu, also a guest. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, um, I will see you guys later. This production was brought to you by the Uptown Audio and Media Network. If you are interested in more work like this from us, you can find those on our socials, such as Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, which will be listed in the description below. And we thank you for listening.